Faith Matters Podcast. I'm your host, John Morgan. This is the podcast for Multi-Faith Matters, and I have a return guest today, Fred Stella, and uh, folks may recall uh, seeing Fred before as he and I discussed uh, American Hinduism, and uh, I'll read, uh, hit some highlights from his bio here, and he can fill in any blanks he'd like to. Fred is a convert to Hinduism from Catholicism. He formally embraced the Dharma when he was 30. He's an ordained Pracharak or outreach minister, so I've been practicing how to pronounce that word there, Fred. And uh, <laughs> he has spoken at international conferences. Uh, he sits in the Leadership Council of the Hindu American Foundation, hosts the radio program Common Threads, and has served as president of the Interfaith Dialogue Association of Michigan, which is affiliated with the Kaufman Interfaith Institute. Uh, welcome back to Multifaith Matters, Fred. Thank you. And you nailed the word Pracharic. Ah, okay. G- give me a few shots at, at these words and, and I'll get them right. Anything else you'd like to add to the, the bio for folks to know, Fred? Uh, I'm married to the lovely Teresa Tomey, uh, and uh, that's probably all I can think of off the top of my head. Okay, very good. Well, uh, one of the reasons, or the main reason we're getting back together today is uh, when you and I did that, we had our conversation on Hinduism in America, and uh, normally uh, my YouTube hits, if I break 200, that's a great number of views. But somehow this video, it's slowed down, but it's still climbing. We're at uh, over 18,500 views uh, so far and uh, over 200 comments. And if you look at the demographics for the video, who's tuning in, it's folks coming from India. So there's interest here. And you and I have been having some conversations for a while now uh, with our friend Darren Dirksen about uh, the possibility of Hindu Christian dialogue. And during one of these conversations, um, this possibility came up for conversation. So we're trying to lean into the interest in uh, Hindu-Christian conversation. And today we're going to talk about something that uh, happened a few years ago, but it recently gained a new life in discussion and pop culture. And that is the controversy around the Simpsons cartoon character Apu. And uh, uh, just for a little background, we're going to give a little introduction to this here. Um, that uh, uh, character is voiced by uh, the voice actor Frank Azaria, uh, a white gentleman, and it has gathered some controversy uh, in the South Asian and Hindu community that have concerns about stereotypes. And uh, because of that controversy, uh, uh, Frank came out and said that he was no longer going to be voicing that. I don't. I think the Simpsons producers have taken that character off. Is that correct? Do you recall, Fred? I, I I do not know what the final decision is. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, that, that's what I'm hearing anyway. But I know he said he doesn't want to voice him anymore, and uh, that was maybe a couple of years ago. But most recently, uh, he expressed again remorse and uh, even offered to said if he could, he would apologize to every uh, person in India. And uh, that led to the uh, Hindu American Foundation inviting him to come and have a meeting. I don't know if that took place. But one of the things that really 
uh, kind of put this on a national stage was a documentary called The Problem with Apu. And uh, it was done by uh, uh, an Indian comedian. And rather than describing what that's about, I'm gonna use the share screen and we are gonna watch that documentary if you're on YouTube here. Let's see, here we go. Here's a documentary, The Problem with Apu. Like the Simpsons, the whole series. Yeah. I love The Simpsons because you hate yourself. My name is Harry Kondabolu. I've had a great career filled with laughter, critical acclaim. I should be completely happy, but there's still one man who haunts me. Apu Nahasapima Pedala. Please pay for your purchases and get out and come again. How many of you had to deal with being called a poo or that being referenced? The Simpsons, stereotypes, all races. Problem is, we didn't have any other representation. Cabby, 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 deli, deli. <laughs> Doctor. You know when a white guy does the voice? Huh? A white guy doing an impression of a white guy making fun of my father. How do you feel about that? Oh, I'm making a movie about how much I dislike it. Right away, they were like, can you do an Indian voice and how offensive can you make it? <laughs> Immediately begun to talk this way. It's like it's not tremendously accurate. It's a little uh, stereotype. Like that's all right. They want the accent to sound like this, and they want your tongue to be really pulled back. So for Tiger King, was going into a room and having to do that exact thing in front of people like a monkey. <laughs> there are accents that, by their nature, to um, white Americans sound funny. Period. It's funny because it's racist. Does Apu count as a minstrel since it's brown paint, a white guy's voice? He has all the qualifications. Remember, please, children, that in life, there is nothing that is not so disgusting that it cannot be sold on a heated roller at a nearly criminal markup. Now, I realize some of you think I'm some annoying PC social justice warrior that's very sensitive, and you're probably thinking, come on, Snowflake, let it go. Well, I have let it go for 28 years. So that's the documentary. I haven't been able to track it down yet, but it does look uh, very interesting. That kind of highlights the concerns that have been expressed in some quarters of uh, the Hindu and South Asian community. Um, and we have Fred here to help us sort this out. And I do want to state one more, one caveat here. Some may say that there's a problem with two white guys uh, discussing concerns uh, about stereotypes of brown-skinned peoples. What we're trying to do is bring a Hindu and a Christian together to have a respectful conversation and to, uh, to try and understand uh, why this stereotypical character has been received the way it has in some quarters of these communities. So with all of that, Fred, again, welcome. W would you begin by sharing how uh, you and I kind of stumbled onto this topic for conversation? Yeah, and I really think that it is important that uh, two white guys, well, I actually prefer to check the box that says Mediterranean gold when I'm filling out applications, but regardless, I'm, I'm white, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, it is important that our voices enter the conversation. Uh, thankfully, we're not the only voice. If we were the only voices, that would be a problem, but there are plenty of South Asians who are uh, uh, involved in this conversation. So when we had our first conversation a few months ago, 
you opened up, you gave me a tremendous opening. Your first question was, give me an example of a Hindu expression, of Hindu expression. And I, I couldn't resist. I said, thank you, come again. Now, this is because I have a, a, a disorder. And this disorder uh, uh, reveals itself in any time somebody gives me an opening, I have to take it. I have to be witty. Uh, I'm not proud of this all the time. I mean, when I was asked if I would take this woman to be my lawfully wedded wife, I knew that the correct answer was, I do. But for a split moment, I thought, is there a better answer? Is there a more witty answer? What would Noel Coward say? Thankfully, because I have been married for uh, over 25 years now, uh, that is probably due to the fact that I agreed to say I do when I should. So, uh, as I said, I, I said, uh, uh, thank you, come again. And I said that thinking this would be a great way to come back to that and talk about the Apu controversy. Uh, because it is on the minds of many Hindu Americans of South Asian descent. But you know what? We never did. Obviously, we never circled back around. I never got to address it. And I felt bad because anybody who saw that uh, video, the first thing that they would say is, oh, uh, you know, Fred's using Apu to mock South Asians. And that wasn't my intent. So I appreciate this opportunity to come back and really dig into this because my journey with Apu has uh, been drastically changed by all of this. So uh, let me start by saying that I have been a major fan of The Simpsons uh, ever since its inception. Um, I haven't seen it in a couple of years because I no longer have a television and I, whatever platform they're on online, uh, I, I can't get. But regardless, I've, I've always appreciated their humor and uh, I appreciated Apu. I loved Apu over the years. And, and here's why. There's a couple of reasons. First of all, the Simpsons are like Don Rickles, um, a, 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 a mutual offender. What, what, are they, what, what, did, what did Rickles call himself? A um, um, equal opportunity offender. That's what it is. An equal opportunity offender. You can't watch The Simpsons with an extremely thin skin because however you identify yourself, whether it's ethnically, religiously, politically, whatever, you're going to get skewered sometime or another. And I didn't mind that. I've never had a problem with ethnic humor as long as it was done in good taste. But of course, good taste is relative. So let's take the, uh, for example... I am Italian-American, and if you watch The Simpsons, you will see two, actually three, uh, Italians that uh, come across the screen uh, here, and, here and there. First of all, there's Fat Tony, brilliantly voiced by Joe Mantegna, uh, and Fat Tony's with the mob. He's a mafioso, and he has uh, a henchman. Uh, I 
don't even know if he has a name, but he is an homage to Joe Pesci, who, of course, is an Italian-American who's played several mobsters over the years. Um, so you have those two representing the mafia. And then you have, I believe his name is Luigi, the Italian restaurateur, right? Uh, and, you know, Luigi, he uh, speak like this. Uh, and, and, you know, he's got the handlebar mustache. Um, you know, he's clearly an Italian stereotype. Mm -hmm. So I watch The Simpsons and I see Fat Tony uh, and the Joe Pesci character, or I see Luigi, and I have no problem with it whatsoever, right? Um, and, and, you know, people in the mafia do not reflect well on Italian-Americans, but I don't care. First of all, it's funny. Second of all, and this is the most important I know that I am not going to be mistaken for a mobbed up guy. People know that I am not a member of the Cosa Nostra. People know my family. People know my other Italian friends. It never comes up. It might come up in a joke here or there, but that's probably due to us more than anything else. Because if you're Italian American, you probably think that The Godfather uh, is the greatest movie in American cinematic history. That's just how we are. Um, even though we completely oppose the mob and you know we're law-abiding citizens for the most part, we know, because we've been in this country for so long, uh, uh, we know that there's this stereotype of uh, the Luigi guy like this, but you don't see him anymore. I had two uncles that were just like Luigi. One would also had the handlebar, handlebar mustache and both of them owned pizzerias, okay? <laughs> so, so I know that that character exists, but I know that people don't think that that's who I am or my family or, 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 or whatnot. And I know that there have been multiple um, uh, stereotypes of Italians over the years, right? Including the mafiosi, and uh, the, the funny speaking pizza man, the organ grinder, you know, there's a stereotype of all Italian men being great lovers. We won't go there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. You keep that but, to the best. There you go. Uh, yeah. You know, some, remember, there's always a little, little bit of truth right. in stereotypes sometimes. <laughs> okay. So anyway, uh, and so I was able to watch a poo in the same way I would able, was able to watch Fat Tony and think, well, it's, it's all in fun. And above and beyond that, two things about a poo. Number one, I had no idea for the longest time that a poo was being stereotyped uh, as a, uh, uh, you know, a 7-Eleven manager or owner, you know, with the quickie mark because I grew up in Detroit. And when I was growing up, all of the people who owned those kinds of stores were from the Middle East. They were Yemeni, Iraqi, Lebanese, Jordanian, but they weren't Indian. So I didn't know that that was a stereotype. Apu could have sold insurance uh, or cars. I, I would have had, you know, no clue one way or the other. Um, I did not see my first Indian American uh, quickie mark kind of store manager owner 
until I moved to Grand Rapids and uh, uh, I've seen a grand total of one. <laughs> every every uh, shop like that is owned by a white American, an African-American, somebody else. They're not owned by Indians. So I didn't know that was a stereotype. Number two, I loved the fact that Apu was Hindu. And, it, you know, to see a statue of Ganesh in the quickie mark, uh, I, I loved it. The, the, uh, to find out that, you know, he was with the Beatles in Rishikesh at the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi's ashram <laughs> with them. Uh, when when Paul McCartney was a guest star on The Simpsons, that that came to light, and we found out that Apu considered himself the fifth Beatle. I, I mean, that that stuff was great to me. Now, here's another thing too: on The Simpsons, uh, they don't care as much about really developing a character as they are with the story. So, for instance, sometimes. Homer has been described uh, or, uh, uh, or he's scripted as being so dumb, you're amazed he can put one foot in front of the other. And there are other stories where Homer is actually more creative. Sometimes he, uh, you, you swear that they're one house payment away from being homeless, and other times they seem to be rather uh, flush with cash. Um, Apu, I would say more often than not, uh, has been portrayed as a, a really nice guy uh, with, with many uh, attributes. But there have been episodes where Apu, uh, not so much. He, he doesn't seem like a nice guy. He's, he's got this dark side to him. And again, the way The Simpsons is, is crafted, it's just a story. It, you know, that's all it is. And so Apu or Homer or Lisa or Marge, any of them can be completely different in one episode from another. You still have, I, I would say, a foundation for all of the characters, but they can go in any direction. So whenever I saw Apu uh, 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 scripted as being a little wacky, a little wacky here and there or dishonest here and there. I just chalked it up to the same way that any of the characters could uh, be uh, uh, scripted in this way or that way, sometimes positive, sometimes negative. So that's a long way to say that I really enjoyed Apu and I saw nothing wrong with him. Um, in the early 2000s, there was a book that came out called The Gospel According to the Simpsons. And there are many books like this. They, they take television programs, they take movies, and they try to dissect and find out what is the spirituality behind the stories. Uh, and this gentleman knew of my work, uh, the, the author. He contacted me and he interviewed me and I ended up being quoted in the book. And I gave a rather positive uh, uh, review to Apu because, again, I thought he was endearing. And just to see any, any Hinduism on television was kind of fun for me. And he said to me, it was interesting, that in interviewing Indian American Hindus, he found almost 
offense uh, taken by them by the portrayal of Apu. And when he spoke to people such as myself, non-Indian Hindus, we all loved Apu. Isn't that fascinating? And I didn't really take it to heart back then because, you know, this is just one person speaking. And I just uh, shelved it and thought, well, maybe he spoke to some uh, Indian Americans who are uh, maybe didn't have a great sense of humor. But I have come to realize that, yes, there is a problem with Apu. And, and here, here's the story. Here, this is why I think there is. As I mentioned, there are, uh, take me for an example, Italian-American watching and seeing Fat Tony and all of this. And I, as I said before, people pretty much know the Italian-American American community and they are not going to think that we are all like that. But the South Asian immigrant community and the generations following that, the, the people who are now second generation, they're newer. They look more different from a Fred Stella. And, you know, how many, uh, how many uh, Italian Americans, or I should say Americans of Italian extraction, they got a last name like Fazzini or Donato, uh, but because of intermarriage, you know, they they might have a lot more Anglo-Saxon in them than they do <coughs> actually Italian. So Indians being a real minority in this country, they are more apt to be stereotyped. People may actually look at a poo, listen to a poo, and then think, okay, this is a representation of what it's like to be South Asian. Uh, and when you, in the, in the trailer, when you saw that uh, uh, group of people and they were all asked to say how many people had to deal with a poo, everybody raised their hand. And I can tell you, you get a group of Italian Americans, you get a group of Irish Americans because the Irish have been constantly over the, the 30 years of Simpsons mocked for being drunks. And you get all of these other um, uh, ethnic groups, you're, you're not going to find that they have been individually impacted by the symptoms. I don't believe. But with South Asians, I believe that that is true. And when I found out, uh, you mentioned in my introduction, I am a, on the National Leadership Council of the Hindu American Foundation. And I will tell you that my colleagues, if there is one thing that it takes to be on the board of directors or the staff or the National Leadership Council uh, of, of our organization, if there's one thing that is mandatory, it's that you have a sense of humor. We, when we get together, we discuss all of the challenges and issues of being Hindu in America, and yet we laugh. Uh, I've, I just so enjoy being with my colleagues, but lo and behold, I find out, uh, over the last couple of years that they have issues with a poo for the same reason that we, uh, saw in that trailer. So I had to completely rethink my privileged white position 
being able to laugh at a poo, thinking that there was nothing wrong with it, you know, because, well, we're of the same religion or nobody's going to take this seriously. Because all of a sudden I find out, yeah, people kind of do. And uh, so I now am 100% behind HAF's uh, stand on a poo. And um, I'm very pleased that Hank Azaria has uh, decided he's not going to do that. Let me let me say one other thing too. It's it's related to this in a different in a different way. Now, Hank, you you know this, John. Hank Azaria and I are in the same profession, mm -hmm. right? I am a commercial actor by trade. Now, saying that Hank Azaria and I are in the same trade, we're we're both members of the same union, Screen Actors Guild. Uh, uh, but, um, to say that it's, it's kind of like, I, I always feel that it, it'd be like, um, an usher at a, at a cinema house saying that, uh, you know, he's in the same profession as Brad Pitt. Um, you know, Hank is, is at the top of the mountain. I am far from top of the mountain, but I am a working commercial actor and, uh, my niche, I, I've done many things over my career, but my niche for the last two decades has been audiobook recording. And about 20 years ago, I recorded one book called My Country Versus Me. And it was by a Taiwanese American atomic scientist by, uh, scientist by the name of Wen Ho Li. Wen Ho Li was born in Taiwan. He lives here. Uh, I won't go into the story itself because uh, that isn't important. Uh, but uh, Wen Ho Li speaks with a thick Chinese accent. And I was cast to narrate the audiobook version of his book, My Country Versus Me. And I was thrilled at the opportunity. Now, I knew that I couldn't do a thick Chinese accent that would have been absurd. So I chose um, the what I call the suggestion of an accent. So I spoke as I am right now, just slightly stilted. And the book was a great success. As a matter of fact, I won an award uh, from Publishers Weekly for that book. And uh, about five years ago, I was at, uh, this was recorded at the, the studio, which is now owned by Amazon. And uh, I was speaking with the woman who was my director for that project. And she's now a casting director. And I was just saying, hey, remember the Wen Ho Lee book, yada, yada, yada. And she says, uh, you know, if that book came out today, I would not be able to cast you. Mm -hmm. And I, I was taken aback for a second, thinking, wait a minute, I, I won an award for that. I, I right. believe people thought I did a pretty good job. It was reviewed really well. But then I was reminded, of course, that people today are more sensitive as they should be. Uh, and that, yes, it would be more authentic for an Asian American 
to record that book, even though the final product might not sound any different than the way I did it. Uh, uh, I think it is important. You, you know, a hundred years ago, yes, you would have to put an actor in blackface to play Othello. Today, it would be absurd. A hundred years ago, you might not be able to find a, a, an accomplished black Shakespearean actor. Um, now, of course, there are plenty of them. So what worked yesterday isn't going to work today necessarily. And that's kind of how I feel about a poo. So it, there you go. Yeah, I appreciate all that. It's, it's interesting to see the different reactions. I mean, you mentioned uh, the Italian stereotypical characters on The Simpsons and how you relate to that. Of course, in this conversation, we're not telling folks how they should or shouldn't feel. Everybody is going to have their own reactions and they have a right to, to that response. Um, as I watch The Simpsons, what's interesting is Homer's a uh, uh, white middle class uh, guy, and I'm a white middle class guy. I don't see myself represented in Homer Simpson, but I find him comical, you know, in the stereotype. Um, there's a character that in The Simpsons, it's a comic book nerd that kind of represents nerddom in general and, and science fiction conventions and that kind of a thing. I enjoy those. And uh, how about how about Ned Flanders? Well, I, I, I was yeah, Ned, Ned Flanders and Reverend what's his name, Reverend Lovejoy, I think it is. Yes, uh, those two. And so there are uh, stereotypical presentations of what American Christianity is about. But the interesting thing about that is, as you said, you know, we talked about uh, earlier that we were doing it in, in jest. There is a bit of truth in some of the stereotypes, and so. What's interesting is to see how American Christianity, or at least American evangelicalism, is treated in The Simpsons. Now, I don't take offense at that either, even though I know many evangelicals have. So there are, are diverse reactions uh, in different religious communities to the stereotypes. And in, in my uh, preparation for our conversation, I found not only the, the negative reactions, um, but I found uh, articles by and about... Uh, uh, Hindus and uh, South Asians who, who didn't find it problematic. So um, the, just to note that there are different reactions there. We recognize the stereotype. Your organization finds it problematic. If someone is a, a Hindu or a South Asian who finds it problematic, I, I'm not going to tell them anything different. We just want to note that there have been uh, diverse reactions to it um, out there. Yes. Yeah. So, no question. No yeah. question. And, and, and one of the things, interestingly, uh, for both Apu and Ned, you have to give them credit that uh, they, they have become multidimensional over the years. The Ned Flanders of the first couple of seasons uh, is different from Ned uh, a, a little later. The same thing with Apu, right? Uh, uh, the first couple of seasons, uh, the first couple seasons of The Simpsons, I don't think you ever saw a poo outside of the cookie mart, really. And then all of a sudden, he becomes more real. He gets married. He has, what is it, nine children? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, with, with Ned, you see him uh, just be more of a real human being. Then he goes through the, uh, uh, the challenge of being a widower. Um, you know, because the actress who played his wife asked for more money. You know all about that, huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what, what, what a terrible way to go. 
but but you know point being that uh, as as you are not offended by ned or reverend lovejoy uh and yes absolutely i'm sure there are plenty of south asians who appreciate a poo um but i for one am happy that things have gone the way they have right now i think i think it's time yeah, I simply wanted to, to note that there have been diverse reactions. Again, I appreciate those who mm-hmm. have concerns over the stereotype. It, it, also in preparation for the podcast, uh, I think I did more research for this podcast than a lot of the others I've done. I found a, a scholar named uh, David Feltmate. He's going to be a future guest. And um, he's a, a scholar in the study of religion. And he's got a book out called Drawn to the Gods, Religion and Humor in the Simpsons, South Park and Family Guy. And uh, he's got a chapter in this book on how Christians are depicted in the program, as well as how Hindus are treated. And he argues that that Apu, and by uh, extension Hinduism, is uh, treated as an expression of exotic foreignness by virtue of his skin color, his accent, and his religion. And he says that the, in contrast to that, Christians are, are treated far more harshly because there's some kind of critique that the Simpsons are trying to offer to their concerns about the power held by American Christians. Any feedback or or thoughts on that kind of analysis? I think that there is merit in that. I would say that uh, Christianity over the years has gotten more uh, more nudges than than Hinduism, uh, clearly because... Uh, first of all, uh, Ned is uh, I, Ned probably gets a lot more screen time than a poo, clearly. Uh, and uh, you know, the Simpsons have always been anti-establishment. And what is more establishment in the United States than Christianity? Right. And in in particular, um, evangelical Christianity with its strong ties to uh, certain administrations. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Certain administrations. Uh, he who shall not be named, you know, to borrow from the Harry Potter. Well, I did say administrations. Oh, okay. There you go. That's true. That is true. <laughs> All right. Because, no, I was not, I was not speaking only of the orange one. That's right. But, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, others as well, uh, uh, you know, uh, Reagan, uh, Bush too, in in particular, I would say that, uh, yeah, that it, it, it's much wider. Yeah, uh, I'm fascinated, always have been about religion and pop culture. In fact, when I was in uh, seminary and uh, studying religion and intercultural studies and this kind of thing, it just dawned on me that if we really want to have these kinds of conversations about the significance of religion, we need to do it through the venue of pop culture. And uh, this is why I found Feltmate's book so interesting. He also observes that uh, that while Indians and Hindus are treated uh, stereotypically as the exotic other, that really there's just a superficial treatment of Hinduism that, you know, you you don't even need to know much about other than stereotypical ideas about Hinduism to kind of, it's just enough to get the joke. Any thoughts as, as you have watched the Simpsons in the past, have you given any reflection to to the elements of Hinduism that they grab onto and how that's treated? Ah, that's a good question. 
Uh, yes. So first of all, definitely exotic. Um, you would not get the impression that Hinduism in America uh, is practiced in, in ways not terribly dissimilar from other religions. Uh, and also the it, it's hard to get into the deep philosophy behind Hinduism. So for instance, if you were if you were just to watch The Simpsons and, the, and, and you had no other expression to Hinduism, that's it. And then somebody asked you to write a paper. What is Hinduism to you based on nothing but what you've seen on The Simpsons? Right. Um, you would find it, uh, I'm sure somebody would uh, very simplistically describe it as polytheistic. Okay. Where th th there's a much grander, uh, uh, a much more philosophical answer than just oh, Hinduism is polytheistic because, because that is how it is, uh, how it is portrayed. Um, I would, you know, it would have been, it would have been great to have like a hundred Simpsons episodes to watch <laughs> with, with uh, uh, the ones that feature a poo uh, to really answer this uh, better than I am. But I would say that there is very little in the moral code, the, the ethics of Hinduism. Um, and the, oh gosh, let's see. I'm trying to remember when, when Homer and Apu went to the Himalayas. I think you people say Himalayas yes. uh, 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 to, to, to find the Quickie Mart headquarters. I know that that was a little bit fantastic, if you will. Um, but I, and I will say this about American pop culture in general and, and specifically television, no matter what the religion that they might be poking at a lot of times they're cheap shots and and i can think of many different times when i'm watching tv and evangelical christianity is getting a poke and i say to myself now that's a cheap shot that 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 is that is too simplistic right and i think that that's when, when you you've got 22 minutes to make up a story, you go for what's simple. And so uh, regardless of the religion, if I am aware of it, if I know it, and I, I know world religions fairly well, as I think you, you're, you know that, uh, John, uh, I can tell when something is just a cheap shot versus something that is actually witty and uh, something that requires a little bit of research to have made the joke and acquires a bit of intelligence to get the joke. Yeah. You, you don't, you don't find that a lot. I, I appreciate that response, which raises an, another interesting question. Uh, if programs like the Simpsons and other cartoons and sitcoms and so on are, are dealing with religious topics and felt made uh, the guy basically God is, I think it was his PhD research. He had to sit and watch all every home, uh, every Simpsons episode to go through so that he could pull out how they're dealing with these different traditions. The Simpsons deals with religion a lot. 
And if they're taking shots, uh, satirical shots, and if sometimes they're cheap shots, it raises the question, what's the best way for members of different religious communities to respond to it? Um, if there's an element of truth to it, uh, is, is it more profitable for us to get bent out of shape or say, wait a minute, maybe I could be self-critical on the one hand, and maybe I can channel that energy into trying to uh, to make my religious community better understood. What, what would your, you suggest that takeaways should be from those who do have concerns about stereotypical presentations through APU and other things? What, what does it do for, for our multi-faith and interfaith engagement? Well, I would say, first of all, uh, I, I would hope that those people who want to respond do have a sense of humor and are not poised to uh, go to the le- go to the lectern with a big harumph and and be so smug and self satisfied that what they've seen on television is uh, of grave error and we are here to correct it. Um, I appreciate what my colleagues at HAF have done by not pounding chests and. Um, you know, just claiming uh, uh, victimhood from from day until night. That that is not how we do things. What we like to do is simply offer a different narrative. And if there is something that is truthful and honest in the joke, in the poke, then yes, absolutely acknowledge that and and say okay. How can we do better? And maybe it it could be one of two things. It could be we are doing something wrong. Or it could be we are communicating our message in an incorrect way. Or we're not communicating enough, perhaps, that that, uh, we we have this attitude, this is who we are, and we don't care what people uh, think about us. But uh, I believe that people can take uh, these opportunities. I certainly have seen it in the evangelical community where, where people have embraced Ned Flanders while at the same time acknowledging that, you know, there are flaws in the way evangelical Christianity is portrayed on The Simpsons. Um, so I think the same thing uh, could be done with a poo. Now, again, apparently Apu is uh, no longer going to be uh, in, the, in the cast of characters, but at least in the old Simpsons, where he does play a prominent role, you know, we, we could do that. Absolutely. We could, we could take uh, a, a wide variety, and maybe in this, maybe in this documentary, uh, I'm, I'm, as with you, I've seen the trailer, but I haven't seen the documentary, Maybe there are points where we could uh, point to something and go, okay, there is truth behind this, but then this is where it goes over the top. This is where they don't quite have it right. You know? And yeah. you do so with, with as much, uh, you want substance, but you also want a, perhaps a bit of whimsy because it is a cartoon. Right. <laughs> I think I would uh, resonate with that when it comes to depictions of evangelical Christians. Um, there have been uh, stereotypes that are there, and a lot of times it's uh, off base, but sometimes it's picking up on, on a little uh, reality there. So I think uh, 
you know, we evangelicals need to take that to heart and uh, it, look, look self-critically at our own tribe. So I, I think there's a place for a variety of responses to, to these kinds of things. Um, Fred, any other uh, final thoughts you might have about, about this topic? I would say that uh, we, we as a television-watching society, or more than just tele- television, uh, that we who consume pop culture in its many, many forms, uh, we need to educate ourselves above and beyond what is just placed in front of us. And I know that only a, a few people are going to do that. I, I have no idea how many people have watched Dupu over the years and said, well, I'm going to find out. I'm going to read a book on Hinduism to, or read a book on Indian culture to find out just how, how true that is. Or somebody uh, who, again, would watch Ned Flanders and go, you know, I, I'm sure that that's not the whole picture. I'm going to I'm going to read a book <laughs> or I'm going to uh, uh, watch a, a documentary um, on, on this. But those who are intellectually curious may be led to do that. And, and that's a good thing. And just the fact that we're having these conversations, I think is, is wonderful. I'm, I'm pleased that you invited me here to talk about Apu today uh, and that other conversations are, are happening. Um, so I'm, I'm optimistic that at least some segments of our culture, of our society, uh, find this important. Well, my, my hope is that folks are curious as well. Uh, if, we're, if we watch something like The Simpsons and see these characters and then read and hear about these controversies and <laughs> just to leave it without digging a little deeper and seeking out resources and people for conversations. I think we really end up becoming just uh, an embodiment of the, uh, of the Simpsons themselves. We, we just become human cartoons. Uh, we, we need to move from two dimensional to three dimensions in terms of. It, our exactly. And yeah. you know, there, if I may, there's one other thing I'd like to mention. Just the other day, I read uh, an op-ed from an Indian American actress. When we're talking about who does this affect, right? Who does Apu and the Simpsons and pop culture affect? Uh, there was a real powerful letter or a column written by this woman who, when she entered the the uh, field of acting she was always told to be big she was uh, uh, first of all she did not speak with uh, an indian language accent she she spoke you know american english but she was encouraged to speak like a poo mm. when she would go out for roles that all of her roles were big stereotyped Indian uh, uh, people. And uh, she was very harmed, she believes, by not just a poo, but by um, uh, everyone. By any, uh, for instance, uh, I think she brings up a Peter Sellers movie, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the, the Guru. I, or, is it The Guru? The man, I forget the name. It, was, it came out in the, I, I think, in the late 60s. 
and he played an Indian. He, he did play a guru, whether the name of the movie is guru, I don't know. Um, but that was the, that was the model they were going for. And in the same way where African-Americans in cinema early on, they were, they were servants more often than not, right? Or they were, they were in, in the orchestra, all of the, the great musicals of the 30s and 40s. Yes, they could be in the orchestra, but they couldn't be the leads. So, uh, or, or again, as a servant. And uh, South Asians, uh, along the way, they played stereotypical South Asian characters. And now we've come to a point, thankfully, where somebody could be South Asian and just be somebody's next door neighbor or, or somebody who works in a bank. Yeah, there's nothing special about them. They're just Americans who uh, happen to have parents or grandparents who came from India or Pakistan, whatever. Uh, and so I think that we really have grown in, in, our, in my industry, in the entertainment industry. I'm very pleased to see that. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like we've come a ways, but of course it's it's a journey and we've always got a ways to go. So yes, I think this is an important topic. And uh, Fred, I appreciate your coming on the program to talk about it. And uh, we'll see. I don't I don't know if we'll get 18,000 hits on this uh, on this video, but who knows? Uh, Fred, it's always a pleasure to have you on the program. Uh, I appreciate this. And hopefully this is contributing to, to folks wanting just not only see more, but be involved in more uh, Hindu and Christian conversations. I applaud your efforts, John. Always do. Thank you, sir. I want to thank uh, our listeners and our viewers. I'm John Moorhead. I'm the host of the Multi-Faith Matters podcast, and we thank you for listening and for watching. Until the next program.